Hello and welcome to the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast. Wait, this is the this is the Bible study, right? Wiseness. Yes, yes, the wiseness. The weekly inebriated scriptural exegesis and source study. Tonight we're covering First Kings. <laughs> okay, so let's keep going here. Um, Rambo. I thought that story went nowhere. <laughs> hey, can I, I mean, just say? Kennedy's... Sorry. Yeah. Where, where are you? Where are you? Oh, eleven or the right what? after. Oh, okay. Um, still eleven. Is it eleven? Oh, okay. All right. Oh. Yeah, I'll try to remember the. Oh yeah, that's in fourteen, I think, when it yeah, starts, 14. isn't it? It's kind of that's kind of neat that it goes into like a backstory, kind of like temporal a temporal shift, which is kind of maybe an advanced storytelling technique. But then the story like doesn't go anywhere. They don't follow up on it. As a side note, right there, advanced storytelling techniques. I noticed throughout this book, there seemed to be significantly more detail. Or maybe it was just me. Like there, there were bits in there where it seemed almost—I don't know if I would call it pretty, but, but like, I don't know, poetic or gratuitous or. It seems like up until this point, the Bible for me anyways, was a very like crisp narrative, and there wasn't a whole lot of extra, and then at this point, it seems to sort of pick up more adjectives, maybe? I don't know. Do you maybe mean starting point. starting around now, or the rest of Kings? The rest of Kings. Yeah. About in this bit. Yeah. When it goes into like the, the annals of the different Kings. Right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> more, it's more like it's just a bunch of random stories shoved together. Yeah, like in so order. This kind of ends the whole the whole Solomon thing has its like grand finale, and then we get into like. Yeah, that's just like each chapter has a king, mm-hmm. almost. Some have multiple ones because they died fast. A lot of killing. Yeah, so they they <laughs> went through some royalty here. Wait, you just dropped the G there, Abby. What are you like trying to cater to our Oklahoma needs? A lot of I killing. I on standard. I'm almost sure that you're far north enough. That's not okay. What? No, don't. The dropping the G is perfectly normal, non-standard English. Oh, okay. I mean, you're the one from Vermont. I'm just gonna believe you. (laughs) Your English is more proper than ours. No, it's not. A whole lot of killing. No, all language varieties are equally proper. They just some have more social acceptability, but it has nothing to do with their intrinsic worth. Yeah, I think she's right. absolutely right about that, and I think that you don't need to be an archaeologist to see that. <laughs> or an anthropologist. That, I mean, I, you know how much I, I love moral relativists, but, but this is linguistic oh, relativism, shit. and that's different. <laughs> linguistic relativism. can't hear you, about, okay. I accept. Dick. Linguists just love it. You know, they, they love I know, I know. Thing, so. <laughs> Not even the relativistic, not, but just like the intricacies of it. I'm not trying to be hurtful or hateful. <laughs> Hurt my feelings, buddy. No, I think like morality, there is no like one best way of doing it. So, anyway. There's a lingual landscape. There is a lingual <laughs> landscape. I wouldn't even claim that there's that natural maxima on the... There, there <laughs> might be maximums on the linguistic landscape, but those maximums have to do with the degree of complexity that you can get across. You know, if you if you're if you're understood, you're speaking good language. Yeah, but I I would say that some languages are better than others in the sense that what? Like, what? Yeah, wait, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> some languages some languages have uh wait, hear me out. 
Some languages have one, two, three, four, five, all the way up, right? Uh-huh. And some other languages have one, two, and many. Oh yeah. Several. And and so in some sense, some languages have a uh, a broader set of descriptors that can get more concepts across. That's all I'm saying, and I'm done with that. That's all I'm going to say. About no, that. I'd agree with you. But really, I'm I'm talking about modern languages versus hunter-gatherer languages. There, it's a very different. It's a, well, there's a, a South American language that didn't even have any numbers, wasn't there? I vaguely recall reading something about that. Yeah, there's yeah. some big kerfuffle about yeah. some language that supposedly like destroyed Chomsky's theory, which seems to be happening again now. It's too easy to destroy Chomsky's theory because Chomsky yeah. never learned like like how many languages does Chomsky even know? Like two, one and a half. It just violates like how the brain works. I think Chomsky had a lot of interesting things right, but anyway, moving on. Yeah, it's probably off- his off- ideas and structure are fantastic though. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got to say about Chomsky. Hooray! Um, so moving on, uh, we are in. Is there anything else about eleven? Before we get to twelve ten. No, there's a lot of there's a whole lot of strange there's a whole lot of strange going on there. Whole lot strange of strange wives, strange gods. Blah, blah, Very blah. enjoyable. Right, right. We we find that Solomon is wait, wait, wait. not quite so awesome. He, he, actually, I, I just got a comment on uh, verse six of chapter eleven. Uh, Solomon did not follow the Lord completely as David had done. David, yeah. the murderer and adulterer. Oh, doesn't it say, oh, there's one part where it says that, but it, then it says, except for the incident with, what's her name? Right, the with Bathsheba. Really horrible thing he Bathsheba. did. Yeah, yeah. Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Or no, no, I think the other, the other more horrible one he did. Yeah, I just. They're on. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. Some of the sources just gloss over that. Kind of like Chronicles. Yeah. We'll it mentions, it, it cites Chronicles a lot. Well, yeah, it's not, well, Chronicles cites kings. Right. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, but just reading through it, I, I didn't remember that so much from my Christian days. Of the, also in Chronicles, also in... I don't remember that either. Anyways, kings. <clears throat> hey, we're coming to the, uh, the part that I like so much. Which one? Oh, yeah. All right, so he consults the old guys, and the old guys are like, "Hey, man, be cool to all of us. We, you know, you nice to us, we'll be nice to you." And then he's like, eh, "Okay, well, that sounds all right." And then he goes to the young guys. The young men say that, uh, "Thus uh, shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus shalt thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dirty when you say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes got really big too. <laughs> NIV says thighs. In in even in the New King James version, which I usually read parallel because it has headings dividing up the sections. <laughs> in in the New King James version, it says waist. What? It says thicker than my father's waist. It doesn't say. Mine pants. says loins. Does it? I think we all know what loins means, all right? It's not a thigh. <laughs> not a waist. But you could make it's calf. Well, I don't know. I'm going to look it up real quick. He's basically saying he's going to slap these guys. <laughs> give them the mushroom stamp. With his yeah, wet he's going to give them the big mushroom stamp right across the face. <laughs> the very thick, very thick little finger. Wow. Okay, so he goes on to say, 
And now, whereas my father did lay you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father hath chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Oh, what a bad yeah. <laughs> Mine says lashes. And I, I like scorpions. scorpions. I was trying to figure out how to chastise someone with scorpions. In my, in my imagination, he was taking whips and attaching scorpions to the end of the whips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and broken glass scorpions. put a scorpion on it. Those like, are some he's, serious he's whips. Like, yeah, my father used whips, but I'm going to use, like, enhanced whips. Whips with scorpions attached to the end of them. <laughs> is this enhanced interrogation techniques? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> this is Donald Rumsfeld with a vengeance. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's still in the Middle East. <laughs> so maybe they're just used to it. Oh, man. I feel bad for the Middle East. You know what they need is, like, oil. Oh, wait. <laughs> what they need is a really valuable resource that can make them a lot of money. Wait, uh, that's not shit. helping. Never mind. <laughs> what, less scorpions? No <laughs> scorpion whips? The Jeroboam builds some golden calves. Sweet. Woo! What could go wrong? <laughs> chapter, chapter 12, verse 27-ish. Yep. Gold, golden calves represent ball, right? Um, yeah, well, yeah, he was rep- often represented with, as a bull. Okay. Um, yeah, these were apparently the, um, what they used in the north, which was, I guess they get a lot of influence from, um, Phoenicia, and Baal was one of the Phoenician gods, okay. as long with the Canaanite. I'm about to ask, I, I had forgotten where Baal was from. So he's from okay. all over. Well, yeah, this is once again that that same old Canaan. like <laughs> he's a Canaanite god. Yeah, this is Yahweh versus the other Canaanite gods yet again. Mm-hmm. This is Yahweh who refuses to have a ritual animal against those other gods who like to have them. Because Yahweh, Yahweh, can, rep- Yahweh can't like, have favorite images. He's like an invisible dude who sits between cherry bim on an ark. That's all he does. He sits. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Notice when when they um specify against graven images, um the the cherubim in the temple they weren't gra- graven they were um carved stone or no carved wood co- plated in gold, but the calves were molten. What what exactly is a graven image? Oh wait, yeah I'm talking about a different thing. Never mind. I, I, I actually don't know what what is the definition. I think of that was just little image? idols, like little carstone idols, the teraphim, which were really common. Well, I, like I, knew the, house, the I knew idols. household gods were quite common. Yeah. In Canaan. I think those are graven images. Your little yeah. wooden figure idols. Yeah. Normally little. Despite what the normally little editors f- say. Little women. Pretty much, if the editors like talk smack about some religious practice, it was actually what most of the Israelites did. They're just trying to, like, pop up their little... <laughs> They're just trying to make them not do it? Well, yeah. It's all nationalistic propaganda. Right. They're trying to make it look better than it was. Basically, I mean, this is the cult of monotheism. Well, no, they, weren't, the even really, they weren't even monotheists. They just like Yahweh in the temple. Okay, the editors were henotheists. Yeah, probably by then. I mean, Yahweh was their Zeus. Mm. Well, at the beginning. Then he became their only god. Yeah. I, he, was, he was their... I, I, I don't their, get... 
I don't get the sense that at this point in the Bible we've we've moved from henotheism to full on monotheism yet. Oh no, not yet. Oh goodness, no. There's been no mention of like like these other gods just being like nobody said these other gods are just are just fake or pretend. They're they're really spirits, but they need to be denigrated next to the power of Yahweh. Yeah. Spoiler spoiler alert, the only part in the Old Testament that um <laughs> It's for spoiler alert. Jesus is coming. Wait. No. No. The only only part in the Old Testament where it mentions monotheism is Second Isaiah, which is like the second part of Isaiah. God damn it! Now you gave it away. I was gonna keep looking and looking until I found it. Beans, we're not even that far yet. Sorry. What? Beans. Bruce Willis is a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you, Abby! Oh, God, you gave away the ending of Die Hard. Hey, hey. (laughs) Vader is Luke's father. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to try, I'm lost. It's not even worth it. It was light. (laughs) They were dead! I'm not even going to... No. That, that was the biggest waste of time ever. Oh, shut up. <laughs> the joint pirate what? Roberts was actually Wesley. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, let, let's move on to Ahab. Since wait, I think... Ahab. Wait, wait. I have okay. one thing to ask about 28. Okay, about 28. Oh, yeah. verse 28. Verse 28, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait, no, not that far ahead. Is it said, is it, is it... After he says, whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. We talked about that. And said unto them, is it too much... It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Total diss to God, right? I mean, he's the one that brought him out of Egypt. He's saying, don't go up to Jerusalem to the temple of Yahweh. Look at these calves. Right. Right? Mm. Yeah, I thought he was trying to sell the calves. Like, nah, that Yahweh guy. He didn't have shit on these calves. Only on these calves, like... Golden, but also they're here. You don't have to commute to Jerusalem. And not only that, while well, Moses was off doing whatever the hell he was doing on that mountain, we had one of these. <laughs> well, one theory I heard that um, one calf is built in Dan and one's built in Bethel, and those are right, the exactly. two north and south extremes of um, Israel. And oh. so he's, if the calves act as the cherubim in the temple. Instead of sitting in a little temple, they're sitting over all of Israel, ah. which would make them way more badass. But I don't know. That's yeah, from um, that's from Richard Friedman. I've kind of found out he kind of takes a lot of the Bible kind of literally, which makes me question a lot of his uh, um, conclusions, but I'm still working it out. I take it you don't mean Richard Friedman, the New York Times journalist. No. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Friedman, the... Uh, who wrote the Bible guy? Okay. The well, Bible with sources revealed. We just yeah. played a game of which Jew. That's <laughs> 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 like you just described a whole bunch of the Old Testament, <laughs> by the way. We're not supposed to suffer a witch to live. <laughs> I, I would so would do that, except for the whole... Except for the circumcision thing, I would do that. Uh, my ancestry is boring. Would you be a Jew? <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm gonna convert to lapsed Catholic because I'm a lapsed Catholic. <laughs> okay. 
Lapsed. She basically won yeah. now. Well, that's right. Right now, people consider me a lapsed Protestant, but I want to convert back to lapsed Catholicism, <laughs> which is my heritage, my Hispanic heritage, is lapsed Catholicism. I used to turn post-Catholic. Mm, that sound more positive. I think we could do that, because, I mean, there's a lot of culture invested in religion. We should just, like, break it off from the religion part. Be like, yeah, I'm post-Catholic. My ancestry's Catholic, but I don't believe. I'm beyond that, mate. But what does that mean yeah. that you do as a post-Catholic? Like you just do you I go to mass or no? Oh, <laughs> it means I'm white and from New England. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> what would be the difference between like being post-Christian and post-Catholic? Well, you well, post-Protestant. Like I, I would consider myself post-Protestant. I still celebrate Christmas as a holiday where I get like presents and shit. Yeah, well, I don't oh, think about that much. Did you just distinguish between Christian and Catholic? I, I would I like. To... I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between post-Protestant and post-Catholic. Well, the thing is, post-Catholics spend more time dissing the Pope, whereas post-Protestants <laughs> okay. spend more time dissing the Pope. Dobson. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. So should we just skip to Ahab? The. This seemed more like it was reminiscent of which I don't know, and Abby's gone. <laughs> and I don't know the sources. But this seems sort of like a, a different, I don't know, told from a different point. Like, not that it was a different source, but it was like a remnant of like an old poetic verse or something. It seemed like it kept throwing in and they settled the asses and they settled the asses and there was a very repetitive nature to the story. Maybe I was just way off. It's April 20th. Okay, uh, so they settled the ass. Yeah, move on. Ahab, let's, let's deal with Ahab. What, what chapter is Ahab? I don't have anything till Ahab. I think that's 20 or 21. Like really? Kings, random kings, random kings. Well, uh, 1629. Okay. I was going to say, there's a lot of random kings, or there's a lot of kings who die throughout this point. Wait, what about Shishak? Sure, talk about Shishak. She- um, okay, he was an Egyptian pharaoh, and in 625, as... Stated on extra biblical sources, he tore through Canaan and killed a bunch of Israelites. And the Bible kind of leaves most of it out because it was embarrassing because they got pwned. <laughs> I could totally which, understand that they would leave that out. Which, which king was they that? They got totally pwned. Um, king Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Okay. It's mentioned in um, 15, 1425. Yes, the judgment it's, of Rehoboam. Or- well, this like this is the first like historical event that's established like in the biblical chronology. Was the poning of Israel by Shishak in Egypt? Yeah, in 625 BC. I can't remember learning about that in college. That's how they date all the things. And this is the next one. Or this is... shit. Look at the Wikipedia article for Ahab. <laughs> Where's the chapter and verse of this poning? Um, 1425. In the fifth year of Rehoboam, Shishak cloned Egypt, and he took all the gold and blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's, it, it's Shalmaneser that mentions Ahab. The what? I'm oh, sorry, I, I, I moved on to Ahab, I was just saying. Oh. I, was looking, I was on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> the Assyrian king Shalmaneser that attacked Israel during Ahab's reign. Oh, shit, yeah, is that... Because he's on... I was this... mentioned on the Kirk monolith. Yeah, and they downplay that, too. They talk about they... Um, 
Jerusalem, the king being shut up in Jerusalem like a bird? Yes, and the son of Omri is also on uh, the black obelisk uh, from Shalmaneser III's reign. Mm. I remember hearing in college that apparently Ahab was awesome, but the Bible talks shit on him. Yeah, yeah, I just read that. He built a whole lot of stuff and killed a whole lot of people. Was he a Israel? Yeah, Israel, yeah. Yeah, Ahab was king of Israel, right? Yeah, the editor is okay. definitely biased Judah. Oh, yeah, because he's a dick, he was the king of Israel. Because Judah had the good kings. Plus, he was married to that, that pagan Jezebel chick. And, oh, and the editor yeah, hated Jezebel. them. I like the offhand remark that she killed, like, 30 prophets. But it's kind of, like, mentioned offhand. Like, we should have had some previous explanation of it, but... Does it say prophets of what? I don't remember. I'm guessing it was uh, prophets of Yahweh, because remember, Elijah's like, I'm the only one left. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in case you're wondering about the Kirk monolith, uh, Jason, you should mention when you bring something like that up, that it's spelled K-U-R-K-H, because nobody's going to guess that. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> like Kirk I, I assume yeah. that it's pronounced Kirk. Either uveal frictive. You can actually see, okay. like, the image of Kirk Cameron on the monolith if you look closely. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Ahab, I guess. So the idea is that he was not, or you would say that he was not actually a dick, but that the Bible just kind of paints him that way? Yeah, I would say that. Abby? Well, yeah. Um, it definitely down, it downplays him. Just as it downplays Shishak. Right. You can, I, you can really see like their biases clear in the text, I mean. Every all like old records do that. If someone kills someone, they write they always write more about their victories than their defeats. Right. Human nature. Is there a? Oh, I mean, does later on in Chronicles does it talk more about him about why he's not a dick, or is there other text, or is there? Um, well, I think Chronicles is even worse because it takes out okay? all the bad stories about David. Ah, uh, so it makes <clears throat> okay interesting. Can I give you an example of how biased the narrator is against King Ahab? Please. No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. It's going to Okay. Going to skip us ahead a little bit to uh, chapter 21 where where Jezebel's scheming to get Naboth's vineyard. This is one of the two things I said I really want to talk about. Okay. Uh, so Naboth has this vineyard and Ahab wants the vineyard and Naboth says, "No, you can't have my vineyard uh, no, no, no matter how much you offer." And Jezebel says, basically, I'll take care of this. I'll see to it that a couple of sons of Belial testify against him that he blasphemed the name of the Lord and he'll be killed. Only she doesn't say that to Ahab. She just ha- she just does it. She just she went out and and writes these letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with Ahab's seal, sends the letters out and and gets these uh, these machinations set in motion so that uh, Naboth is considered a blasphemer and he's stoned to death. Right. You guys remember this part? Yeah, pretty good summary. Okay, yeah. So Jezebel sees to it that Naboth is stoned to death. And then Elijah the Tishbite comes up against Ahab. And he says, Thus saith the Lord, In place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. Okay, so first of all, I gotta say, in answer to Elijah's question, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? The answer from Ahab should be, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea that my wife went behind my back and sent out these letters. What the f***, dude? But that's not what the narrative says. The narrative just basically assumes that Ahab is somehow at fault for these actions 
that according to the narrator himself, Jezebel took without his knowledge. So basically the narrator is being kind of a dick to Ahab here. And you can, you know, go read chapter 21 for yourself. There's no way to read this such that clearly Ahab's at fault. But thus saith the Lord, the dogs will lick your blood. Oh, well, you're screwed. And you'd think that an omnipotent Lord would know that Ahab did not know what was going on here. But, oh, well. Mm. And that doesn't, that kind of happens. Like, he gets, doesn't he get impaled, like, onto a chariot and then he bleeds in the blood pools? Yeah, it says he Where's that? dies in his oh, shit. blood. Later on, right at the end of the chapter. Oh, did uh, I miss the... Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was during the battle. Uh, the king was yeah. up against the Syrians, right? Yeah, that's supposedly, like, the fulfillment of that curse. But it doesn't really... And the really... dogs licked up the blood, yeah. But, I mean, the whole thing's, like, a, a, it's a bullshit curse. Like, like, cursing the name of the Lord, it's a bullshit law to begin with. And here's a perfect example of why it's a bullshit law. Oh, we lost Damien. Can I talk about man whores? Sure. Do it. In 15, there's a mention, um... <laughs> shit, where's the mention sodomites in chapter 15? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, oh, right sodomites. here. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay right 11, on that. Um, the KJV has sodomites. Mine has male prostitutes. Actually, this what? is where they're expelled. The same thing. Earlier they were set up. Solomon, huh. or I think Solomon set up male prostitutes at all the shrines and temples. Hell yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> I don't think they were for the benefit of the women's fault. I mean, I'm just saying, they probably didn't get too many perks. <laughs> to this day, male prostitutes are mostly servicing males in our country. They were for the benefit of the gays. The gays that can't seem to find anonymous sex at the <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Does Abby know what that is now? Abby, if you ever oh, come to yeah. visit our fair city, we'll show you the... You can stay there if you want. <laughs> the themed. <laughs> I don't advise it, but you can't stay there. <laughs> oh, where do you live? Florida. Oh, good. I yep. feel like the only interloper. <laughs> I used to all across the oh, United States. Yeah. That's how I know these crazies. We need to get someone in California so we can have like a fully like East Coast, West Coast thing going on. Okay, so where were we? We're, almost we're done. signing off. I'm getting another thing of whiskey. No, I'm just joking. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so is there anything else we're covering from First Kings? How much more of the Bible? <laughs> well, if we're in the real Bible, there's Second uh, Kings. No, but I can no, look. I'm asking what's, how many chapters are in First Kings. Oh, right. there's 22. I thought the Daily Plan put us at 22 by now. <laughs> I thought we skipped to the yeah. end. It did. You okay? So, is there anything in the entire book of First Kings that we want to cover that we haven't covered? No, I, I'm all set. King's reign. Uh, King's That's about it. Abby? Nothing super major. <laughs> it's all good then. Yay! Sweet. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, everyone. Peace out. Farewell. Farewell. <laughs> God bless you all. <laughs> God bless. Shalom. The Oklahoma Atheists Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. 
For more information, please visit our website at www.oklahomaatheist.com. The music for today's show is from the song God is Dead by Jaron Lake and is reproduced here under a Creative Commons license. Jared's music in the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast are hosted courtesy of the Internet Archives Community Audio Collection, available at www.archive.org.